As you can see, the title of our lesson today is Arise, which is what we all need to do right now because of all the things that are going on. And I don't just mean these little petty things that are very annoying to some of us, but I'm talking about the big thing that keep on slowing us down. So we're going to talk about Arise, which the word is anesteme. It's one of the many words that is related to anesteme. And the variations thereof that, that start the word and end the word, or what can start the word. Anna begins it, Annie begins it, Pro begins it, those kinds of words, and then histeme. We have talked um, about histeme, and we understand what we we understand what it is. It's that it's the holding the characteristics of a of a place or even a, a a person that wants to put them in the heart, that kind of thing. You're going to have to help me because now I'm off track, okay? So jump in and tell us what a STEMI is. Okay. And so when we have a, a STEMI, we try, we try to, we operate with it, whether it's a place or it's something that the Lord has put within our hearts to stand in and a characteristic that we need to bring forth. And so when we talk about anastemi, it's talking about standing up. Uh, other definitions could be, let's see, to cause to rise up, to rise, to arise, which is why I get the, the, the title. And it means to return to the stemi or to that place of existence. So in so many ways, us as sons are our stemi. That's that's our, that's where we exist. That's the place that God has put us. It's a it's a little different than Tetheme, obviously, because Tetheme is um, the time what God has what God has given us and placed placed within us to accomplish the thing. The Tetheme is what is there. That God has already established what what who we are, for instance, but also the Tetheme of, for instance, Port Saint John. And we, we talk a lot about taking back or establishing, you know, taking back from the enemy who's responded with whatever that stemming is. And we've seen a lot of um, examples in scripture where the enemy has snatched away or absconded from the saints the stemming, whatever it may be. We can look at the, the churches in Brazil and see the stemming throughout just the, the city of San Paulo. Though overall, I think San Paulo has a stemming of um, worship, <laughs> passion. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a part of that. Oh, hi, David. And so when we talk about anastemming, the thing that caught me the most about this and what God was talking to me was, was when you when you operate in anastomic because it's a verb, it's an action that you take. That means that you are standing up on behalf of God in the anastomic to bring that back under. Some of it is to bring it back under what God has has ordained it to be. But other other for us it's not just us, but for people, it's it's you know you're standing up to who you are. You're not you're not going to back down. You're standing up to that. You're going to reestablish 
Is it reestablished? Or is it reestablished what God has called that place? Or any of those kinds of things. So if you go back to the, the scripture I have on there, sheep, the very first one, it's another look at the prodigal son. So we've talked about the prodigal son, uh, and I won't say it had nausea, but we've definitely talked about it. And we have established all kinds of neat and awesome teachings about it, right? Uh, wisdom that we've gained by reading this, reading the prodigal son. And I would be too long to go into the progress of all of it. Uh, but let's look at the scripture because I did not realize that um, the word anastemi was in the scripture for the prodigal son. If you guys saw it, I didn't. So um, let's start at, start at verse 11, Adrian, and read for me, please. Uh, just read the scripture. And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of good that follows me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Let's begin to be merry. I like that. Uh, in the scripture, you see where I uh, bolded the word arose, and he arose and came to his father. That's the word anastemi. And you read that, it means that uh, an action was taken because he knew he was not where he was supposed to be. He was not in existence in the area he was supposed to be in existence. He was not carrying, moving within, operating, functioning where he needed to be functioning. He said it in words like like what he said, you know, they're, they're, they have food and I don't. But in a spiritual sense, he understood <coughs> that something was very wrong with his life, obviously. He needed to get back to where he belonged. And so he, he came to himself. That's the first thing that he did. You see that scripture where he came to himself. And you guys know, you know that word um, when he came is the word erkamai. And that's a, a word that we've definitely talked about. But it means to come into being, to, to become. And in this case, 
He became who he needed to be. And, but I see it that way. Metaphorically, to come into being, arise, come forth, go. So. Yes. So there was a realization that occurred with the with the um, with the prodigal son. What he spent while he was out, away from his father, was it was definitely all money. It was talking about possession when when it says. Um, and there wasted his substance, and you look that word up, um, it talks about <clears throat> property and possessions. The substance, that, that's that, that substance, that's not the substance of who he is, of who we are. Our, our possessions are not, you know, all that money that he has, not it. So when I, I was reading this and understanding, I, I thought, well, I can understand now why his dad was happy that he came back, why his father was happy. It was, it was more than just, there he is. It is, he figured it out. Now, how many of us want people to figure it out? <laughs> I mean, really, we, we want people to get it. We really do. And that's one of the things that drive us crazy sometimes with our family. But that's, you know, that's one of those things that, we're going to have probable sons are going to get it. Whether they come back to this church and get it, I don't know. But we're going to have people that are going to eventually totally get what God has called them to be. They're going to have wasted all of what they think was important. And so therefore, not really wasted, but yes, that's all that they think was important to come to the place where they realize what is important. And that is to rise up and be who God has called you to be. And in that, in just doing that one action of rising up, you are now operating and have authority and power that God has already given you. You know, when you when you take back the seme or you, you wrestle it from the kingdom of the Satan and bring it back to the kingdom of God, that power and authority comes with it. There's a shift in the in the spiritual atmosphere. And that will always be for those who are sons. And in a minor, I say minor, like, well, but it is also a different sense. That's always what's going to be for those people that are seeking. So if you have a person who's seeking and sort of got a God thing and they're trying to figure it out and all that, you know, they didn't even talk about in the scripture about the father of the son, about his relationship with the father of heaven, but you can see the relationship with the father on earth. And there's supposed to be somewhat of a parallel, and I, I still I still can see that. Where God knows that the son's gonna come back. They had to go on a path to discover for themselves what's happening. But they had to start it. They had to arise. The the people, the person has to arise. And we, when we're operating within this area, we arise on behalf of the seven. I'd be so glad you sat down and gave a Go ahead. <laughs> Anyhow, the, is it on? Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, the older son, which he didn't put in the scripture, but the older son was the one that uh, he he obeyed his father, and he had all the provision. He was brought up with everything that he needed, and he didn't get it. You know? Yeah. So that's happening too, right? And how? I mean, that's so interesting. You think about all the scriptures that talk about that kind of thing. The first will be last. The last will be first. Those, all those kinds of scriptures that you can see, it's it's a fine line we have to walk. We can have everything and just let it go. 
Yeah, it's a hard issue. Yeah, I was looking at verse, verse 10 where it talks about the angels of God over rejoicing over one sinner and repenting. And uh, you know, I was thinking usually this is this is you know interpreted as well when, when somebody comes to Christ and is born again. But uh, we understand that, that sinning is is uh, really missing the mark. And so when when anyone who's supposed to be functioning as a son comes to themselves, there's rejoicing by the angels. And uh, it, this is this is what this son thing is illustrating that those um, uh, spirits who are to partner with us are anxious to do it. And and so when we step into that place where we're supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, there there is we have to realize there is a rejoicing. There is a, a, a um, the, the definition of joy is spinning around and jumping. You imagine angels yeah. getting excited over our stepping into our understanding of sonship and mm-hmm. giving ourselves to intercession and, and that, that enthusiastic partnership. I mean, it's, it's just not, um, oh, okay, I'm going to deliver this letter. It is this grabbing what we offer in in the incense to the Lord and bringing it to God in such an exuberant way uh, for um, the the purpose of heaven to continue on earth mm-hmm. and that's to think about that is is uh, truly a an uplifting um, kind of an awesome understanding yeah it is well, I think there in addition to that there's kind of like a galvanizing of the spiritual atmosphere when this occurs because yeah. that joy is kara which is a grace word comes from grace and mm-hmm. so i it's it's a it's like a, a galvanizing of the grace atmosphere and um the other thing that says that this is really about someone just coming to christ for the first time is you can't return to the father unless you were there to start with right that's true that's absolutely true the um when you look at what's happening in brazil can you see this anesteme in in Brazil, they they have they they something sparked them. So they came to themselves, where they realized I don't have all. I don't. I, I'm not in the right place. However, they said it, and then they they started they started delving in into the word. They started listening to the teachings of Pastor Ron. They started interceding. They started worshiping in the Lord in a different way. And then it's just kind of been like a snowball effect, where it's just suddenly because they took that step and they're, they're arising into who they are. They're rising up, standing up in that esteme that's in Brazil. I'm not going to just say Sao Paulo because we know it's not just there. And it's, it's, it's had a huge effect on, on the people that we interact with, that we see, and, and the people that we're praying for, the churches that we're praying for. But I mean, it's, it's like growing and it's growing and it's, and it's, you know, it shouldn't surprise us. I don't think it does. How fast, how rapid the growing and the growth has been. And and remember, yeah, remember who tried to stop it. The enemy tried to stop it, didn't he? He used that blasted five-letter word <laughs> to 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 attempt to stop the growth. And 
right now it failed, and I I won't consider it a success until we get to go back to Manaus, until we get to go to Manaus, right? That's in that's the place in the Amazon, right? Because that's that's what initially started everything, the closing down part, and they were extremely extremely hit hard in Manaus. And in case you didn't know, but you probably did, so. I look forward to the time where we can go there and see the, the suns that have arisen, that have not let that stop them. And then when we go there, pouring forth all that God has called them to be, we're up, good. So we're, we're live streaming, so I can tell Kay to go over to the live stream. Okay, I can't wait to go back there for that. And so interesting when you talk about a rise, it even talks about arising from the dead. And you think about all the people that died there, Wow, that's, that's a mighty word from God for that place. So, but do you think you, about the spiritual implications of that as well? All the people that have been spiritually dead that are rising up. Absolutely. And, and stepping forth in power that you could gain no other way except through relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here's the, <laughs> here's the thing that I know we're still learning, but I know that we've learned and we're going to... Everything is related to God. It can't not be because he created us. Everything. And I keep saying, no, that part's not really related. Yes, everything is related. Everything is linked in. Everything is connected. And, and if it's almost, you know, we say it gets manifested in the supernatural, what's happening in the natural. I kind of like want to turn it around the other way and go, <laughs> everything in the supernatural is manifested that didn't come out right. Everything in natural is manifest. Okay. Go ahead, Vicki. Well, I think God has his plan, and the enemy sees what's coming. And, I mean, not ahead of time, but he, he starts to get an inkling of what's going on, and mm -hmm. he tries to counterfeit something in the natural. Right. That manifests a semblance, a facade, but it's always a twisted facade of what God really wants to do. Like with COVID. We, we talked about this the other day. Yeah. Are, were you going to say something? Are you, no, no, know, go ahead. I, no, no, no. Where, you know, we, we know that they were hoping to use this as a great reset in the natural, you know, where basically the whole world order would change and, and basically mankind would come under total subserviency to, to the enemy through a group of small elite oligarchs, yes. whatever you want to call it, however you want to word it. But in the spiritual... What was God first doing? What was he first trying to do? And, and not trying. I mean, he was doing it. It was in the process of whether COVID came or not. was a transitional time in the spirit mm -hmm. for the sons. Yep. And so that's happening regardless of what happened in the natural. Because the garbage is still going on around us. You know, that it, whether that stops or starts or, you know, gets fixed or doesn't fixed is really immaterial at this point because the sons are still... This this time frame we're in right now are are preparing to step into the next phase of being heirs and joint heirs, and there's still the great army of the Lord that's being raised up. The first inklings of it in South America in Brazil, mm -hmm. but it's going to spread. Yep. It's they're just going to be the catalyst that takes it into those other countries, you know. So it's happening regardless. But there's always the enemy trying to falsify something. Absolutely. He, he thinks he has a better way for people, so to speak. Follow my way. But daughter wants to say something. 
Well, it's not really a, a better way. He just he's always looking for a way to kill off mankind quicker mm-hmm. because he's a he's a man hater. And so if yep. if he thinks suns are arising, then he's looking to diminish that as quickly as possible so that there's fewer of us. And the bottom line is God can use, you know, God's not about numbers and it's not that you know, he's he's impervious or, you know, blind-eyed or what's happened, but his plan is not hindered by what the enemy throws out. And so I think it this is this time frame has really galvanized those of us who have already been in sonship. Um and he's still doing it. I mean, this oh, time yeah. frame leading up to conference has definitely been that refining process um, so that, you know, what comes forth is going to be that pure, solid, you know, lover warrior mm-hmm. um, that he's created all of us to be from the beginning of time. Yep. So, you know, one of the words that, that's also used in the scripture in verse 15, where it says, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. That word, that word joined is the word koloa, a kalao. And when you look at it, you see that it, it really doesn't necessarily have anything about a partnership or a relationship. The joined is just a gluing together. And when you, you think about what you're glued to and not glued to, it's not bad to be glued to God, but you see what what um you know what's being relayed here is you can get stuck in something that ain't yours that's not where you're supposed to be, and the only one that can get that out of it out of that is you but i a little caveat to that, but the sometimes let me say it how do I say this right? you have to make the initial step you have to do that action. That, that verb action of arising. Then when you do that, God begins to take care of the rest of the story. And then you have to keep absorbing. You have to keep believing. You have to grow, grow in faith. You have to grow in all intercession. You have to, that's, got, that's got to be part of all of that. But you've got to make that first step. You've got to make that come to yourself and arise. Well, you can see it here in this story. Where, where the young man rose and went to his father and he he had no intention of taking the same point of authority and placement that he'd had before because he felt like he was not unworthy. Yeah. He was not able to, to what is axios? It's that, uh, yeah, it's bearing the responsibility of of what he'd carried before. But once he made that initial, once he arose... Mm-hmm. That's when the father steps in with his compassion and his passion. I think it's, I mean, that's absolutely, totally awesome. I think it's super cool that obviously his father was waiting for him to return. I mean, because he saw him like right away and ran out. So, I mean, that's, that's the father for all of humanity, obviously. That's the father for us as sons as we're, as we're working and, and, and diligently being his son on the earth to restore his kingdom He's always waiting for us to step into that next thing. He's waiting for us to arise each and every time. It's just like grace is our everyday pill that we take. <laughs> we have to arise. And when we do, he's right there giving us all the provision we need, making sure that everyone around knows the authority that we have as sons 
So, and even people that don't get it, like the older brother, that just, what? I did everything you told me to do, and you just how you treat me? That's, that's not, that's not how it is, dude. Take a step back and look again. <laughs> so, next. Philip. Adrian, can you read uh, verse 26 through, I don't know, like 33? Don't read it all, that's what I'm trying to say. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Cadence, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So we know the story. We don't have to go into the greater detail, right? But he keeps talking to the eunuch to have his conversation. Then the Spirit of the Lord comes and takes Philip away. Now, when this started, do you think Philip had an idea that he was going to be sucked away somewhere else? Did, 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 he have, you know, did he even have an idea that when he went and started to speak to this, this person, that this person was going to get it? There was, I don't think there was any expectation of that. And yet, Philip willingly went. So he was working in the histeme that God had placed within him of who he is. And also in the histeme of what was going on in that, in that land. The first thing, though, that was, I thought was so interesting is that he, he did. He, he arose. We have that verb that he, he did arise. And he went where? He went to the desert. Who wants to go into the desert? Pretty much you do if you're a son, right? I, I don't think, again, I don't think he had any expectation. I just think it's very interesting that he went from Jerusalem unto Gaza. We'll talk about that some other time. But, um, and he arose and went. So he, he put himself in the place where God needed him to be. He made that choice. That was the verb action. He went. So when you're talking about went, wenting, Sorry. When you talk about he went, you understand that it's the, the definition just it's it's a leading, a carrying over, a transferring, but also it says it's a pursuit of the journey. So Philip knew this 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 was gonna be we're going somewhere, we're gonna do something. I don't think he had any other expectations, but the first thing that he had to do was arise. And that's what God's asking us to do. And who told Philip to go do this? It was an angel of the Lord, wasn't it? And is that going to happen to us? Yes. Has that happened to us? Yes. Will it happen again? Most certainly it will. Go ahead, Vicki. Well, and he, what he was doing was he was going on behalf of the histemi, not only in that God wanted to establish in that place, but in whoever came into that place. That's right. Because, but 
through through that person, I was going to say too, because this eunuch had great authority. He was he was going to be going back to Ethiopia, and whatever God established in him, more than likely he was going to go back, and God had some plans for him to establish things in the Histemi yeah. in Ethiopia. Right. And and then there will be some arising happening there. And that's, I mean, that's how God continues to build his kingdom. He has people that know, there's people that he knows are going to get it. And he's going to use us to get, get them to the get it part, and then they're going to get it somewhere else. Yeah, I, I guess I, what I was trying to say, too, is that he had no expectations, Philip did, except for the fact that he knew God was going to establish something. And so he, he knew that. He may not have known the specifics of it, mm-hmm. um, but he knew that that was going to happen, and that's, that's what he willingly said, I'm going. I'm going. Not, no hesitation. No, but wait, what's going to happen? Um, this is all about identity, so that <clears throat> these heart issues are known to men. God always says he only needs one, and he's setting up uh, something that magnifies into the terio, and it's simple as one person mm-hmm. identifying who God is. It's living in that identity and declaring it and letting it be known. God can magnify that. He's the one who can make that run forward. We don't even have to worry about that part. Right. And that's exactly it. And not that we worry, but it's not, it's not our job. Our job is to hear his voice and arise. Yes, that that's our job. And now, you know, (laughs) I know we all hear his voice. But I know we don't always want to tell everybody, oh, yeah, I, I hear God. Because, you know, Dr. Mm, what does that mean? Well, who are you? I hear God. I, I have angels that speak to me. But, but still, what's, our job is to hear and obey. Our job is to hear and arise. That, that's what he's asked us to do and asking us to do. Well, here's the other thing that's so neat about this story was is that the timing was perfect. I mean, oh yeah. Uh, here, this Ethiopian had hundreds of pages of scrolls he could have been looking at, yeah. and at this particular time in his life, he was looking right there at the prophetic word about who Jesus was, and you know, so God orchestrated this meeting that only God could have done, and Philip didn't have to do anything but observe and, and respond to what was going on. Exactly. Uh, he didn't have to come up and, and say, stop, I've got a message for you. You know, you know, it was simple. Okay, what's going on here? This guy's reading a scroll. I don't even know what he's reading. And he just said, trusting God that the message that the Ethiopian was trying to understand would be something he would be able to explain. Yep. I, th- I think that is the concept, the Spirit putting the words in our mouth. But we have to pay attention to what's going on in the atmosphere to speak the words that is going to change the atmosphere, to change the the, um, the histemi or bring the histemi that's there to uh, uh, overcome what the enemy has tried to establish. Um, you know, the wilderness... You know, it was it was uh, a a place that was quiet. There was no city bustle. This guy was just out there pondering this, and and so Philip he just said, well, "What you read?" 
what you're reading. <laughs> Do you know what it says? And and so he had to he had to come into and it says that same word that you talked about that uh, that join. Yeah. He glued himself to the Ethiopian. Yep. He he went up and said, "Okay, we're going to stick together here till we figure this out." Mm -hmm. and, and so he he didn't just stand down there by the wheel of the chariot and go, um, but he got up in the chariot. And he was he was shoulder to shoulder with this guy and was pointing out, no doubt, uh, the 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 words of that passage and saying, "This is what this word means. This is what this word. This is the you know Christ." And and so uh, everything that he spoke led to a mighty transformation and a decision for this Ethiopian. Yeah, he said, "Here's water." You know, let's, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he didn't have to say, well, let me think about it. It was a powerful moment of, of decision for the Ethiopian because this was going to change his life. And he realized that. And so he was willing to to do that activation so that he would be changed. And I think that's just a powerful thing that only God could do. I think it's important to note, too, that Philip didn't just go preach and then walk away. Right. He stayed in that chariot up Apparently, because he was sensitive to what the Lord was saying, what the Spirit was saying, and they took a little stroll down the road in the chariot until they found the water. They, I'm not saying they were looking for water. Mm -hmm. They came upon it, but he was being sensitive to the Spirit to, to not just say, okay, well, I've delivered the message. I'm out of here now. Right. You know, he was, he was staying with his task was not done. And I don't even know then if he knew what was coming up, right. just that he was supposed to stay with this guy. You know, until it was resolved. Ent until the Lord released him. Yep. And we don't, you don't know all the steps. You just got to take them one at a time when God gives them to you. And it's, that's got to be okay with us. And I, I, it's probably okay with most of you, but I, I sometimes have a problem. I want to know the end from the beginning, please. <laughs> and, and just think, you know, they've been riding maybe for a while. And, and, and so... He baptizes the guy, and, and the guy climbs back in his chariot, and Philip's probably going, um, you know, <laughs> this is going to be a long walk oh, back. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and, like, nope, I got that one. And suddenly, you know, there he is in another city. Back away. So there's a word that's close, not close, there's a word that's related to arise in the Old Testament, and it's the word kum. So on the back side are two scriptures. Now, I was telling Vicki, there's 111 scriptures in the New Testament that use the word arise, the anastemi. And in the Old Testament, there's 500 and something occurrences of the word kum, Q-U-M, which means to stand, to stand up. Same concept, because there, there's a quotation, a quote of an Old Testament scripture in the New Testament, and when they related those words, that, that used a, they used anastemi in the New Testament, and kum in the Old Testament. So we know that they're directly related to each other. So in Nehemiah, which was a great place, I was so happy to find this, there's one place where Nehemiah uses the word rose up, or kum, which is the same as anhisteme. And it says, And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your house. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that God is speaking to us in this fashion right now. He's asking us to stand up. He's asking us 
to, to rise up in the, and, and we all know the story of Nehemiah, to rise up, stand in the gap, and fight for your people. You know, your home people, your homes, your homies, your, your peeps. That's what he's asking. That's what God's telling us to do. And Nehemiah is saying, look, I'm gonna, everybody knows this. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, the nobles are going to know it. All the rulers are going to know it. All the people are going to understand this. And he, he told them, don't be afraid to arise. Do not be afraid to stand in this deme and be who God's called you to be. Um, remember that the Lord is great and terrible. He's not really terrible, but he's great and mighty. And you're going to be the one that's going to fight. You have to fight for your brethren. You have to fight for your sons. You have to fight for your daughters, your wives, your houses, your country, your state, your city. You can do this. You can stand in the gap with a spear and a sword building the wall on behalf of the Father and not the wall that we all laugh about that we need to have on our southern border. Talking about a wall for the Lord, a place of refuge that people will find, that people will find. Say it that way. Go ahead. Yeah, an aspect of this is is saying to stand up and maintain oneself. It's really talking about taking responsibility. Yes. So he's... That's what he's doing. I mean, it, anybody could have done this, but he's the one that listened to God and, and did that. And he wasn't even living in that area. He really didn't even know what was going on there until some people came and saw him wherever the kingdom was that he was working in. And then, you know, he was such a good servant, such a faithful a faithful worker for the king that he said, okay, you can go and do what you need to do because he was so upset when he found out that the wall had broken down, you guys remember all that story. But he he loved the Lord, and that's he. The Lord told him go, and he he went, and this this is what he brought about. And he just one man, and he affected all those that were in Jerusalem. And he not only affected the people in Jerusalem that loved the Lord, but he affected the people that didn't like Jerusalem and were ugly to them and nasty and whatever else you want to call it. He affected them as well, to the point where they even like, oh, we're just going to destroy you guys while you're building the wall. It's okay. We'll come in through the gap. And he just frustrated the enemy at every turn, at every turn, until he was riding on top of the the wall, yelling stuff back and forth about how awesome God is. That's a cool testimony. We have that power and authority to do this. Okay, so last one. Psalms 3, 1 through 8. Now, mind you, like I said, 580-something. So I'm just, Lord, please show me which ones to, to bring forth. So here's a Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. You guys remember that whole story about Absalom being a not a nice son. And it starts off with, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. So check this out. Who's rising up? It's not God, and it's not David necessarily in his stomach right now. This is the enemy trying to take away, abscond off with, relieve the kingdom of God of this stomach. We're just gonna just gonna relieve you of that. We're just gonna take that away. And it was it was in so many ways the the enemy that was rising up. So you absolutely can have a rising up, obviously, of the enemy in 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 a histeme and taking that. It, it's it's a happening thing. 
And he goes on to say, many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. <laughs> I don't know how many times we've been told that. Or how many times you've actually told yourself that maybe. Or the enemy has whispered it. There it is. But thou, O Lord, art a shield, art a shield, of, uh, shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice and heard me out of his holy hill. I and see all these seals in here, Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. He's providing, always will provide. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people and of, that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon the people. Selah. How many Selahs are in there? Three, I think. There's, yeah. It's just, it's, a, it's amazing. So uh, the reason I picked this one is because there was a rising of the enemy that came against David, who we know David was a man after God's own heart. In this case of him fleeing away from Absalom, Absalom, maybe he's, he was traveling outside of the Hestemic God established for him. I don't know. But now he's saying, these guys have come up against me. Lord, let's, let's get this back in line with your kingdom. Not only are you going to come and, and, and save me, you're, you're going to save, and he didn't say this, but he's saving those that... Those of us that will stand with God, those of us that will operate in our histeme, this is your answer to whatever might be trying to, uh, to frighten you away, send you away. Well, this enemy was within the camp. Oh, okay, keep going. Yes. So, I mean, there's, there's that. I oh, mean, yeah. This is true. I'm sorry I didn't think about it that way. Boy, oh, boy. Lord, let us not let's not be the enemy within the camp. Let us be on totally on your side. <laughs> um, what was the other? Say again. No, we're not afraid of any of this stuff. And if we are, all we got to do is arise, and God's going to take care of it, right? We read that in another place. Um, there, that was the only thing I wanted to, I wanted to look at really quick. I'm not I'm not, I'm not on the scripture, so I need to go to the scripture. Psalms 3. Go ahead, Larry. Thank you, Larry. I think it's just, uh, you know, talking about the enemy in the camp. When we arise, uh, we, we, should, we should walk in that resurrection. Uh, this is the power of the resurrection. It's going to expose anything that's not of God in the camp or without the camp. I mean, it's, it's just going to, you know, being light, we're going to shine into the darkness, and, and, and whatever causes that darkness is going to be there, um, like, um, you know, a deer in a headlight, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and so there's going to be a flurry of, of defense from that thing that, that is illuminated, and so we have to be prepared for the, you know, the flushing out. Yeah. And and not be uh, not take it as an attack, but take it as a retreat. Uh, take it as a desperate move by the enemy to move out to get away, because he cannot prevail. I mean, that's a promise, right? I think it's precious too because it's David, and he was not a perfect man, but he had the heart of God, and that's how we're moving too. 
we're not perfect, but we have the heart of God. And what that basically means is when God moves, everything he touches and sees and is becomes pure and made known, whether they like it or not. They can still deny him, the bad guys or whoever is having attitude or whatever. <laughs> and it can be us. It could be David. But the difference between David and the enemies and everyone else is that David's willing to accept God's judgment. He's already decided on who God is. So he's accepted his identity and he's been declaring it. Even when he's doing something wrong, he'll go, oh, I did something wrong. That's not the identity of God in me. And that's not who God is. And I messed up. You know, he has that consciousness. I think, too, part of this, when he says, Arise, O Lord, save me, he's, he's asking the Father to take, the, take res the responsibility of what his plan, his eternal plan, really is for, for David and liberate him from this mental torment because you've got to know if this is his, his son that is trying to destroy him and he's garnered, you know, people around him these are people that the king has all invested himself in, that he's had nothing more than wants the best. I mean, that's what David wanted for his kingdom. He wanted God's best for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And yet these people have turned against him. You know, and we see this, we've seen this in, in our walk. Yeah. You know, we've seen people that we've invested a lot of time and heart in, and, and they've turned you know, and it feels like it is a personal attack. It feels that way. It's it's ultimately against God. Right. But it feels that way. But it, it sets up, it can set up this mental torment against you where, because it's hitting at your emotions, you know, even though you don't want it to, mm -hmm. it does. And I, I think this is something we probably need to pray over, over our, the pastors in Brazil, that they would, they would be able to arise because um, this, you know, you don't know what lies on the horizon, but the enemy is going to try and, and do something like this. Oh, yeah. He's going to try and, and attack through their heart because that's where their, their passion is being invested and devoted to God and to, and to his ways. But so there's going to be at some point for at least one of them, there's going to be some type of an attack like this and, and they need to be able to arise above that to to take that stand for the histemi that God's put in them and in their terio and in their house, the people of their house, yeah, you know, and the in their land. I, I, I concur completely. It's it's a, it's it's like a decision making point. You know, if you do flow charting and and computer stuff, there's always a decision making point where you have to, okay, if I'm going to do this, yes goes that way, no goes that way. And most of the time, there's no maybe. I, I very rarely have a three-prong response. It's a yes or no. <laughs> and then that's what's going to happen. And and we do want them, Lord, we lift them up to you, the pastors of Brazil and all of their houses. And Father, we, we do, we ask that your, your spirit will be in within them and move upon their hearts to stand on your behalf, to arise when a conflict tries to occur when a pressing occurs in against them or to them or around them that would make them you know they would they would decide that they would arise on on your behalf and i pray that over all of our saints everybody in our saints network each each house each church that that the leadership will arise and that the people will arise with that leadership 
because it, it will it will make a difference. And and you have to believe that when you arise, God will come through. He will come through. Go ahead. And, and I think I think Carmen kind of said this. You have to already have decided. Mm-hmm. So they they this needs to be so firm within them that when something like this hits those heartstrings of theirs, that they're going to arise no matter what. Yeah. Because they've already decided this is the way I'm going. It doesn't really matter how it feels. Darn. Sometimes it doesn't feel very good at all. But that's us. We're arising. Okay. Thank you guys very much. We went over just a little bit, but that's expected. So make the word real, Lord. Amen.